You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 600, episode 600 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Sunday evening here in Las Vegas, early Monday morning, back in Atlanta and on the East Coast, and uh, we are back to discuss the latest with the Atlanta Hawks. If you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. I'm sure most of you have joined uh, fairly recently, but if you are also someone who has checked out the podcast the entire way. There are a few precious, uh, I guess a precious few of you who have checked out um, all 600 episodes, and I really, really want to shout out you guys for your um, extended listenership and your faithfulness, etc., and I really appreciate this uh, milestone. Nothing terribly fancy about today's podcast. I know episode 500, Future Day Visit with uh, Travis Schlenk of the Hawks General Manager, but this time... It's just me in a Las Vegas hotel room recording about the Hawks and Summer League and everything else that's going on. So that's what you get, and it's sort of a mixed bag in some ways. But uh, I'm excited to talk about the Hawks today, so here we are to talk about just that. We will save the Summer League stuff for a little bit later, although we will touch on touch on a little bit of this stuff in the first segment. But first segment is that uh, basically a lot of uh, a lot has happened in terms of transactions over the last couple of days. This last something that we recorded um, actually was was before the moratorium came to a close and uh, things were closed. I mean, things were uh, quiet, all that fun stuff. Um, but, you know, the Hawks didn't have Bruno Fernando and DeAndre Hunter in the first summer league game because those guys had not arrived to the official roster. Since then, overnight between Saturday and Sunday, word broke that those deals were done. They were introduced. Um, and then actually after the game today on Sunday in Las Vegas, there was an introductory press conference hosted by the great Bob Rathbun uh, that involved uh, Travis Slank, Bruno Fernando, and DeAndre Hunter talking to the assembled media, et cetera, et cetera. But officially, the deals are done. Hunter is a part of the roster. Fernando is a part of the roster. Also, Chandler Parsons, the de- that deal is now complete, and uh, everybody is around and uh, that, all that fun stuff. So all the deals are done. Um, even since then, Hunter signed his contract, his uh, rookie scale deal, and then Fernando actually um, signed a three-year deal with the Hawks. That was the first, uh, I reported that early in the day on Sunday, um, and that later Mike Scott of the Athletic um, indicated that that deal was three years and four point seven million dollars guaranteed. That's about a half million more than the minimum over the body of that uh, over the body of that of that agreement. A couple of things to touch on here with Fernando's um, contract, etc. Um, getting more than two years was a priority, as I said a couple times on the podcast and on Twitter, just because the Hawks had the cap space to work with, and also Fernando being a top 35, top 40 pick. There's usually those guys are usually sort of on a different level than a lot of second rounders are, and I think that definitely applies to Bruno. So you want to lock him in for as long as possible. Three years from now, he'll still be able to be a restricted free agent, which is an important thing. So if Fernando were to blow up and become really, really good, the Hawks would want to have his rights um, going into that summer to match any contract offer. Now they will be able to do that as well with a three-year deal and uh, the guaranteed nature of it is, I guess, a little bit more risky if he were to wash out, but at the numbers that he's going to be getting, it's very, very minimal impact in the future, and uh, at, at the best case, it's a great bargain for the Hawks, so no reason not to get at least three years. You know, Four would be ideal with like a team option on the fourth year, but without being too picky, it's a pretty good contract for the Hawks, and one that I definitely endorse um, them, them making. Otherwise, um, not too much to talk about from the introductory press conference. You know, a lot of uh, things that you might expect them to say um, on, on all counts between Schlenk and DeAndre Hunter and Bruno Fernando. There was some frustration expressed um, and some weirdness expressed by the uh, by the weight that everybody had. Um, Hunter kept saying the fact that he felt like he, like, like he hadn't been drafted because he couldn't talk about it. Fernando, same sort of thing. Um, so everyone sort of acknowledged that, Travis Schlenk included. 
Um, otherwise, though, you know, on the court stuff, and I want to at least point out quickly, DeAndre Hunter um, and Travis Slank, actually about DeAndre Hunter, talked about the slow pace at Virginia, sort of the way that, that, that they run their offense in uh, Charlottesville. That, of course, is very successful in the college game because they just won the national championship, and Hunter was a big part of that. But uh, Hunter seems to be excited about playing a little bit more fast-paced, a little bit more uh, pace-and-space kind of offense instead of the, the blockchain, um, block-move offense that those guys operate in up in uh, Virginia. With that said, um, other than that, there wasn't too, too much going on there. Travis Schlenk um, talked about the fact that uh, kind of what you expect about DeAndre Hunter. He referenced his defensive ability to guard multiple positions, um, guarding big, guarding guarding uh, little guys in, in space, and individually he can switch, all that stuff that's definitely the big part of what uh, appeals to Hunter to the Hawks and basically anyone that watches him play basketball offensively though they did reference that um, both Schlenk and Hunter references that there's that there's more than that they haven't been able to see so far. Um, Schlenk made a uh, sort of an offhanded joke about Virginia, and he says, and I'm, I'm quoting here, I swear they take more shots in the last five seconds of the shot clock than any team in the country, end quote. So uh, some, some subtle shade at the way off, uh, offenses run in Virginia. But uh, in general, a uh, pretty upbeat I guess uh, feeling about that press conference, Schlenk was upbeat wearing shorts. Uh, DeAndre Hunter was uh, definitely excited to be around and talking. Those guys are just playing a game, so there's probably a little bit of fatigue there, I'd imagine. But and, and also, Bruno Fernando was very engaged with the media. He seemed very happy to be in Atlanta. Uh, he said he talked to Kevin Herter quite a bit during the season. Uh, Herter, of course, played with played with Fernando last year. Also, Alex Len is, is another Maryland guy that's in the mix. But uh, everybody seems happy. Obviously, that's usually the tenor of those introductory press conferences. But still, a pretty upbeat atmosphere, and that was good to see by all parties. So in terms of machinations, the Hawks, all the reported business for the Hawks is now complete. Now they still have a roster situation where they're going to have to sign somebody. Um, I've been talking about this for quite some time now about them signing another big man, but Chris, Hirsch, Chris Kirchner of The Athletic reported after talking to Travis Schlenk and some other guys that they're looking to sign a big. No, no, no big surprise there. Vince Carter seems to be kicking around, but even beyond Vince, they're going to need a center in my opinion, a, someone who can actually play center based on the way that they want to use John Collins and Amari Spellman. So we'll see how that goes in the future, but all is quiet for now, and we'll come back to the summer league portion of this in a moment but please stay tuned for an ad from our sponsors and uh, again please subscribe to this podcast but just as one reminder here and then we'll do it again at the end i'm sure but uh, thank you for your subscriptions please subscribe to the show after this quick break we'll come back and talk about summer league and what transpired on sunday all right and we're back talking about the game that happened on sunday between the hawks and the minnesota timberwolves um Lopsided. If you might have, uh, if you missed this game, or maybe you just watched a little bit of it, uh, the Hawks were down by double digits basically the entire game. They were down 13 in the first quarter, et cetera, et cetera, and never really climbed back into things. They ended up losing 90 to 66. Obviously, win loss record does not matter a whole lot, but this was a kind of disappointing performance from Atlanta, top to bottom. Worth noting before we get before we get going here. Obviously, the headliner of the day is the debut of Hunter and Fernando, but the Hawks had some injury stuff going on. Charlie Brown, the two-way guy out of St. Joe's, missed his second straight game with a sore hip, and Tajir McCall, sort of the breakout, quote, star, end quote, of the first game on Saturday, missed his game with a sore ankle, so the Hawks were a little bit a little bit short on the wing, obviously they had a lot of uh, depth when compared to, to yesterday, because, just because of the fact that they had Hunter, and they had Fernando and Jalen Adams, but um, on the wing that was a little bit weak, and we saw that throughout the game here. The Hawks were down 16-4 to in the early going, which is uh, kind of tells you all you need to know about the way this game went. It was a big-time slog of a basketball game. There were 27 free-throw attempts in the first quarter, which is a crazy number. 27 free-throw attempts in an entire summer league game would be too many, but in the first quarter it was crazy. And then 47 in the first half. That's just an unwatchable brand of basketball in summer league. The Hawks shot 4 of 20 from the floor in the first quarter. 
It didn't really improve from there, honestly. Um, the entire game, just for the record, the Hawks shot 20 of 70 from the floor. That's 28.6% from the floor in an entire 40-minute basketball game. That is absolutely brutal. And then 5 of 25 from, from, three, from 3. The only thing that kind of saved them was getting to the line. But even then, they shot 21 of 34, which is really bad, from the free-throw line. Only had 8 assists. 8 assists in an entire basketball game. It's, it was just brutal. It was really brutal to watch the offense on this night. Um, the Hawks did get did get the lead down to ten at one point in the third quarter before it widened again, and then it was very comfortable in favor of Minnesota in the fourth. Basically, the Hawks couldn't score the entire game. Sixty six points kind of speaks for itself, but um, in the four quarters, they never reached twenty points despite allowing twenty or more in three of the four quarters, and uh, it kind of tells the story of what transpired here. Um, the guys individually that I wanted to discuss, you know, I, I talked about the bench players and, uh, you know, Reed, Travis, Nick Ward, Landon Lucas were all out there. Lucas made his debut because he did not play on Saturday. Those guys were pretty anonymous in nature. Nick Ward was pretty active, but, you know, missed some free throws and was just kind of Nick Ward, if you remember him going back to Michigan State. Elsewhere, um, the, the two guys who played real minutes off the bench were Thomas Wimbush and Matt Mooney. Wimbush, sort of anonymously, but he, he shot 3 of 10, 1 of 6 from 3. He's been a little bit interesting to watch. I, I wouldn't say that he's been bad. It's just, uh, you know, he's kind of anonymous. I'm not really sure what there is going on with Thomas Wimbush in terms of just, you know, the minutes that he's getting. He's definitely better than the guys that I talked about a second ago and just more versatile, but still not a huge factor moving forward. Matt Mooney struggled with his jumper in this game. He was 2 of 9 from the floor, did make 1 of 2 from 3, had 7 points, 5 steals, very active defensively, 1 block, 3 assists, and 2 rebounds. I still like Matt Mooney quite a bit. There was a lot of talk about Matt Mooney because of the way that Jalen Adams played. We'll talk about him in a second. But Matt Mooney, someone who I think is interesting, was a very good college player. I'm not ready to proclaim him as the third point guard for the Hawks, but uh, there was some movement in the uh, in my mentions and in, in my DMs to uh, go ahead and talk about him. So I wanted to at least acknowledge the fact that he did play better than Jalen Adams, and the Hawks were much better in this game when he was on the floor than when he was off the floor. Uh, and so that's just putting that out there. To the starters in this contest, Jordan Seibert really, really struggled. He was 1 of 12 from the floor, 0 of 4 from 3, left the game early with an injury, uh, had 7 points, but he uh, was the lone non-NBA player, at least projected NBA player in the starting five today, and uh, he definitely, st definitely stood out. He, uh, he he took more shots per minute than anybody on the roster. Um, you know, just not a great night for Jeff, a great afternoon slash evening for Jordan Seibert. Um, other than that, the other guys who uh, are still with the way I'm talking about are the, are the roster guys. Um, Jalen Adams was kind of a story in a bad way in this game. He had 11 points, which is good. Uh, two steals and a block shot, actually, which is kind of funny. He was credited with a block shot. But 3 of 12 from the floor, 0 of 6 from 3. Three turnovers. He had six fouls. I thought Jalen Adams was absolutely brutal in this game. And honestly, that was the consensus. Um, and from media and Twitter and people that I trust, uh, everyone kind of agreed about how bad he was in this game. And I'm not sure, you know, obviously it's one summer league game for a guy who just played professionally last year. You shouldn't be judged on one summer league game. And that's definitely important to emphasize and then reemphasize. This is just one summer league game. He's better than this. But Adams was just uniquely awful in this game. Uh, the passing was not there. The shooting was brutal. The defense was brutal. He didn't really initiate offense in the way that you would want to. He's minus 29. That actually felt indicative. Plus minus in a summer league game is uh, kind of a sketchy art, but uh, it felt right because he was by far the worst on the Hawks. He played the most minutes, but uh, only because he was kind of the only option in some ways. And, you know, obviously we want to let him play out of it. Uh, he did reference after the game that he, it was his first action in quite some time in a game. He'd been battling an injury. So that's worth keeping in mind, too. He hadn't been fully healthy coming into this coming into the afternoon. But um, Adams really struggled. And uh, we'll see if he responds because he's, he's going to need to play better than that. Adams famously has a non-guaranteed contract. He's owed about $100,000 in the near future. But, you know, the big decision with him is whether, he, whether, whether they keep him on the full roster, 
give him giving him it's a minimum contract, but still that's a big like a million dollar jump for Jalen Adams between now and the season. So if he's on the roster, we'll see if he makes it. And uh, you know, I've I've been on record as saying the Hawks should be looking to upgrade that spot. It's not a shot at it's not, not a shot at Jalen, who I actually liked in the draft and I thought was a worthy two-way guy last year, but I don't think he's necessarily shown anything that would tell you that he's a uh, a quality NBA backup. So the Hawks, you know, be interested to see how that how, how that operates in the future here. Uh, other than that, it was a little bit more positive for the other three guys. Hunter um, wasn't like a huge difference maker in this game. Had six points, three rebounds. Um, there was uh, one stray shot at him on Twitter that I that I ended up responding to about how this was kind of a bust like performance from him. That was pre- that was pretty crazy to see. Um, but you know, Hunter is not ever going to be. A, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I think Hunter's not necessarily a player that's going to sh- it's going to pop off the screen in summer league. He's not that kind of piece. He's more of a supporting guy. He's being a system, etc. So not a big surprise that he didn't just look terribly sharp here and. Also, it is worth noting over and over again, and Greg Foster, the head coach of the Summer League Hawks team, said this as well. Um, Hunter and Fernando were not practicing; they were not scrimmaging with the with the team. So, it's a situation where they came in pretty cold here. The, the team played a game yesterday; there was no practice yesterday, so they came in. They were trying to get on the same page with everybody, and uh, everyone was uh, quick to acknowledge that they were not necessarily at full steam ahead when it came to uh, the you know having those guys around and ingratiated in the system. Bruno Fernando uh, had some nice moments, 5.7 rebounds, had four block shots, had two, two assists, and six fouls, which is probably going to be a problem for him early on. Fernando was pretty aggressive early, took a step-in jump shot off the dribble almost as a center. You know, his shooting is a question that I have about Fernando at this point. The Hawks have, have, the Hawks have had great success with Alex Len, Dwayne Debbin, in uh, revamping big man jump shots. And if that comes around, it would be a really nice asset. But he just looks like a physical presence. Fernando is a big, strong, very, very long-armed, um, you know, physical player. And that's something that's going to help him a lot in this setting and otherwise. But, uh, you know, was an, there was an uneven times. Defensively had some, uh, had some issues, as you might expect that to happen for someone of his... Um, of his, uh, you know, experience level and being his first game, et cetera. So nothing bad for Bruno, but we'll see how he looks uh, and with more uh, data on him in the future. And then Amari Spellman played better individually in this contest. 16 points, 8 rebounds, 3 block shots, 7 of 12 from the floor, 2 of 3 from 3. His numbers look a lot better than they were. I didn't think he played that much better today, honestly. Uh, you know, especially, it was definitely better than it was in the second half on Saturday, but Spellman had some rough moments in the first half. He got settled in and made shots, which is helpful. I thought he did, uh, he did not look great athletically again, um, um, you know, he acknowledged to me and others, you know, in the last couple of days that he's not necessarily the best shape in the world. But um, it's just one of those things where you want to see him play well. I think he's comfortable in a leadership role to some degree on the summer league team as being being the returning guy that he is. But I thought he played better in this game, showed some flashes. Uh, nothing to be, you know, incredibly excited about the numbers. And I think probably overstate the way that he played, especially with the shooting. But his shooting is a big part of his appeal, honestly. Amari is a good shooter, especially for a big man. And uh, that's going to carry him a long way if he can get ingratiated. And I think um, he even said to me after the game that he feels like he is a natural power forward. He talks about the fact that he, you know, is comfortable playing alongside a big man like Bruno Fernando. And he likes that partnership quite a bit. I've speculated that Spellman could be playing some center in the future, but with the way the roster is right now, he's the primary backup power forward. So we'll see how that works in the future. But uh, that might something be something to file away that he uh, he at least in his mind is a power forward until otherwise noted. Again, you know, big picture wise, the Hawks had some brutal offensive numbers in this game. I don't want to go too deep into it because it's just it's a summer league basketball game. Uh, the next game for the Hawks is going to be uh, not until Tuesday. They have Monday off, and in fact, Greg Foster gave them gave them the entire day off, no practice, anything like that. After the back to back, they have some injuries, and you know, not, not 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 a super deep roster. So hopefully, we could see Charlie Brown in the near future. That'd be somebody that I definitely want to get my eyes on in this setting. 
But um, obviously more Spellman, more Fernando, more Hunter, and more Adams. And those are the guys who really end up mattering when it comes to the future and decisions that the Hawks have to make. So um, probably no podcast between now and the next game on Tuesday unless the Hawks make a signing of free agency, which could happen. All is quiet right now in my circles and what I've heard and what I've seen reported. There's not really too much out there on free agency, but at some point the Hawks are going to do something. I guess it could come on Monday. So if it does, I will weigh in in some form or fashion. But um, you know, at the very least, we will come back on Tuesday evening with a, with a new podcast. Please subscribe to this show via the platform of your choice, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Himalaya app, all those places that we should be. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the podcast as always. Nice, nice. Uh, come, come every moment for me to be, get, get to number 600. That's uh, pretty, um, you know, I don't want to say impressive, but it's a, lo- it's a lot of content. And if you've been listening to all of this, uh, God bless you for doing so. We will be back again on Tuesday and we'll see everybody then.